Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to Indie Quest, a celebration of the Indian Obscure, an indie video game podcast that believes time traveling is a possibility, but wonders about its implication. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Steve. How's it going, dude? It's going pretty well. Uh, it's, that's quite the intro. I It seems <laughs> like the type of thing that you could maybe ramble on for five six seven minutes before you even kind of got around to formulating your thoughts on yeah um it's, that sounds like a it sounds very familiar i think <laughs> <laughs> something that could happen but okay I, I mean you can't leave the people hanging what what are your concerns with time travel what what worries you about it so if you had time travel do you think it would uh the the idea is that what what happens if you go back in time and you just completely destroy the future and you can't fix it? That's what my my you know the thing I'm most scared of because you know there's things in my life I would like to change. Maybe this whole uh, situation I'm in now, I could go back in time and say, "Hey, Josh, don't do that." But what would happen if I did that? Maybe somebody would get in a car wreck because of me, or I don't know. I start World War Three. Who knows? I mean, but on the flip side, <laughs> what if? you saved someone from a car wreck by going back in time or what if your actions prevent world war three which otherwise would have happened you can't just assume that it's only negative implications <laughs> i guess that's that's fair that's true um because it could save myself from playing undertale because that was a terrible game no i'm just kidding oh, snap. <laughs> God, I, I i don't know if there's any huge undertale fans i just want to trigger people as much as i can <laughs> you know, but, um <laughs> there are definitely huge undertale fans i don't know whatever gave you the impression that there's not but i can assure you they're out there <laughs> no i actually really like that game but yeah go back in time like i don't know i i think it'd be more interesting to go in the future and kind of like take a peek at uh how giant my afro gets i just want to see how big i can possibly get it because i'm <laughs> i know eventually i'm gonna c- get a cut i think that's like the most interesting thing so let's just see how gigantic my hair is eventually i'll just become freaking chewbacca right <laughs> I, I would probably go into the future too i i would i would just want to jump like 500 years in the future to see either like one like what did we learn about the universe that we didn't know right like like we're a relatively intelligent species but when you start to like really look into like the depths of outer space and the actual scale of the universe and like how far out we can theoretically go and see there's so little we understand about that and i bet if you go 500 years in the future assuming there is even like a planet and a human race (laughs) there at all i bet (laughs) that they would have like some pretty cool answers that in hindsight might have even seemed obvious but i just i just want to know like teach me your secrets have you seen that uh, image of like how people's like gamers' hands are going to evolve and get their fingers all long? Have you seen that uh, like in the future? I don't think so. It's basically like this image of these two hands holding a controller and the fingers like super duper long to hit the triggers. And I was like, how is <laughs> humans going to evolve? Like, are their their spines going to be curved? Like, have a curvature in it? And like, because everybody looks down at their phone all the time, so is everybody going to have like huge like extra joint in their thumbs to like? use touch screens and stuff <laughs> as uh, like everybody evolves in the future. We don't even need to uh, evolve for that to happen. <laughs> like I always catch myself hunching over and I'm like, gosh, I'm absolutely destroying my back. Like I know that we're not supposed to have perfectly straight backs. They're supposed to be curved, but like I catch myself hunching over my keyboard and or my phone so much. 
that it's like you gotta you gotta up your posture game, man. Yeah, you kind of like a you start turning into a C as you're sitting there, like instead of like a a B. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like if you imagine the shape. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> the future is bright, and the the future is amazing because we're going to talk about crumble because i bought you crumble and i saw that you played it and you left it on so your game time is like maybe like five days or something so did you beat crumble and how'd you enjoy it because i i just spontaneously bought for you a few episodes ago yeah i did i'm I'm trying to confirm i did beat crumble yeah i definitely did uh it's a really it's a really cool game i love the sense of speed in it uh it it was a lot longer than I thought it was. I know that when we talked about it, you told me how many levels there were, but uh, it ended up just feeling longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's a pretty unique game. I, at first, if I'm being honest, I was like a little bit, I don't want to say frustrated, but the controls and I just weren't getting along right away. Like yeah. I, I kept thinking I understood like how to use the grappling tongue or whatever you want to call it effectively (laughs) but i would constantly like fall off of ledges and not be able to save myself but i eventually kind of learned the the expectations that the game had and yeah cool game just just a real uh straightforward enjoyable experience so i want to do something for the first time in indie quest history I want you to contest my placement in the quest log for the game. Do you think it deserves to be a main quest game? <laughs> uh, if it was me, I would not have put it in the main quest. It feels like a solid side quest for me. Uh, okay. for, I think the main reason is that I like the game most when it has like a real sense of speed, when you're like zooming through levels and whipping off stuff. But the later you go into the game, most of the back half of the game is like relatively slow, very precise platforming and like a lot of very, very tight jumps as platforms are being knocked out from under you and stuff. And so I kept wanting them to like, like take me back to those first couple of levels where I was like shooting along through the forest on the, these tree trunks and stuff. And it never quite, never quite got there for me. Okay. I was just curious because I was like, this seems like a, a game Steve would at least enjoy. And it seems like you did. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you. It definitely actually has a... The more I thought about this game, the more I was like, this kind of has a Sonic problem. Because Sonic does that a lot. Like you'll like yeah. a 3D Sonic game. Like you'll either be going like... you want In a 3D Sonic game, you want to be zooming across the map and just like getting those tight, super fast jumps. But occasionally they'll throw a level at you where you're like tight platforming it doesn't feel right for sonic so i feel like maybe it has the same issue uh, yeah and it's a problem i don't i don't really know how to solve that right because when you're zooming super fast usually to get that sense of speed there isn't much in the way of difficulty like the game is almost sort of auto playing itself and you're just along for the ride but Mm -hmm. if you slow it down and put more control on the player and like demand more of the player then the speed has to slow down to accommodate that. I'm not sure a good way to like marry the sense of speed with the, the like uh, control of platforming, which is maybe a design challenge that they've all been constantly struggling to solve, and that's why we get such mixed results from all these different Sonic games and stuff like that. But I don't know. I should also right, cool. specify I haven't played any Sonic game past Sonic Adventure 2, so 
I'm speaking. Oh, you to... haven't played like Sonic Heroes or like Sonic Colors or any of those. Sonic Colors is a two D two D one, isn't it? Actually, there's two D N. I think there's two D N three D. No, that one might just be two D. I'm not too sure, but no, I haven't played that. Secret Ring, Unleashed, um, Black Knight. Generations. I any of those? Oh, I did play Generations. Yeah. That one was fun. Yeah, I like Generations a lot. Um, some levels are kind of eh on that game, but I think it's on the whole, I would say it's like a good solid seven or eight out of ten on that one. Anyway, yeah. We're not talking about uh, AAA Sonic games here. We're talking <laughs> about indie games. That's why you guys are here to to hear us ramble on. So we have this segment called the piece of shit. I mean, the POS, the pile of shame. Um, and uh, <laughs> the point we of have sale? a couple. The point of sale, yes. <laughs> uh, well, this game, this segment, it's been going on for what two episodes? We've done two different, like the intro, and then like one game so far, a piece. Yeah, it's kind of. It's... I don't know. My analogy that I want to make is it feels like we're we're swinging by the monkey bars on it. Like we we set it up and we've kind of like flopped in and around it a few times. But I'm sure yeah. this time, you know, finally, we've got the segment in place. We agreed on the terms. You know, we had a little bit of a hiccup at the beginning, but we 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 plowed through that. You know, I I you made me feel terrible about not playing the right game for the pile of shame. You like really made me feel awful, but I forgave you. I was a better man, and I knew that we could just move past it and and really start this segment off proper, the way it was always meant to be started. So, um, I'm assuming you have a game you want to talk to me about. Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So I, um, this is gonna, just going to be the excuse hour, I guess, for me. I always have a lot of excuses to throw your way. But no, right now I'm kind of packing and moving a lot, so I've, I've been kind of like wanting mindless games. I know that West of Loathing, that's the game you assigned me, is a mindless game because it's just a bunch of humor. But there are moments where it's just an entire screen of dialogue and text, and I'm just yeah. like, I do not want to read this right now. I'm just not in the mood, not in the mindset. So I just kind of didn't play more than like two or three hours. They're, they're enjoyable two or three hours, but I don't feel comfortable like quest logging it logging it on our on our list or anything so i want to revisit it in the future if that's okay with you uh and that totally makes sense i mean again i know that you are in the middle of a very big move and you can't the the pile of shame is something that will always have to accommodate this anyways is sometimes you know you're just not on the same wavelength as a game that you're playing you yeah you might not be in the mood for that genre or maybe you just played something that is very similar and you kind of don't want to repeat that process or you know you don't have time to focus on wordy games whatever it might be so i think it's okay to to stick a pin in it and come back when you know you will enjoy it because at the end of the day we just want to enjoy games i mean yeah that doesn't mean you didn't hurt my feelings that doesn't mean i'm not <laughs> mad at you and that you won't be getting a nasty letter in the mail, but I'm, I'm nothing if not understanding. Oh, you said you were mad at me and you gave me like a giant grin. So I don't know, like that's mixed, mixed <laughs> messages. I'm not sure uh, how to feel about that. Okay. Well, the thing about the pile of shame, I think we're going to, this episode, we're going to kind of like table it after we do our, do your, I know you have a game to bring to the table that we, um, that I assigned you last time. So that's awesome. You actually stood up to the plate and, you know, knocked it out of the park like you always do, except for last episode. Um, <clears throat> but I think that for now, we're a little bit like ahead on our recording because of my move. 
So I think that we're going to let everything kind of catch up and then we'll come back and revisit Pile of Shame after we do this episode. I think that's a plan. Yeah, that sounds good. You'll be in a fresh new environment and you'll be thinking, gosh, I just, nothing would make me happier right now than a stick figure Western themed comedy game. And that it, it's hilarious. Like I, I can say for a fact that the writing is on point. It's really funny game. It's just something I just need to be like, I don't know. I just, I'm just weird. And I just had that hang up. I'm like, I do not want to read right now. I'm just going to go shoot some stuff in apex. I was playing apex <laughs> legends. Cause of course I'm an indie gamer. Yeah. That's all the games I ever play. It's just indie games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that makes sense. And, and when we revisited here in a couple of episodes, which for us won't be that long, but maybe we'll be a, many podcast episodes down i'm not too sure um, yeah give it like a few maybe two or three okay yeah we'll come yeah. back we'll come back yeah. and at that point we can decide uh do you want to stick with west of loathing as your pick or do we want to do a fresh round of picks that's a little you can tailor your list a little more towards your mood or something like that i my, i have intentions of playing it i do have my switch i have it on switch so i have it not packed so hopefully i'll be able to like just sit down and watch some tv or have some background noise and just knock it out on my switch someday. So that's, that's the plan for me right now, at least currently. Are you, but the thing, are you able to do that? Are you able to play games where you need to read the text and also have something going on in the background? It depends on what it is. Like if it's like a, like a live stream, I think I could do that a little more where that's kind of like more freeform. I can like focus on the game for a minute and then kind of look up at the game on the TV or computer, wherever I'm sitting, like kind of see a few minutes of the stream and then go back to it. But if it's like something like I've been watching uh, dragon ball super because I guess the weeb in me came out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've been watching that all the way through. So I'd want to like focus on like the for like seven episodes, you know, just like they do. So that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. It kind of depends on what I'm watching, but yeah, I can do it. And if it's a game with no story at all, like, I mean, Hades has a story, but like, I was playing Hades on my Switch. I bought it on there uh, to like change the transfer the the save over, you know, because I actually have that now. So I transferred it from my PC to my Switch, and I was playing some of that while I was watching just random TV. So you can, it's it's doable. What about you on that? I used to be able to do that a lot better, but the last couple of years, especially, it's been so hard for me. I can't, uh, I I can't do two tasks if one of them is oh i should say this i can't pay attention to something in the background and do something like new that requires my focus so i can you know watch a tv show on the side like something i'm really familiar with like the office or something i can have that on the side and be playing and like grinding in an rpg or something but i can't like have a podcast in and also be like working and like writing stuff for work because my brain like switches between the two modes constantly. And it like, it makes my brain go all fuzzy. I think, I think I would be in the same boat as you with that, especially if it was like someone's talking in my ear and then I had to type something and then I'd probably like type something down and then like miss whatever they were saying in my ear. So I can feel you there. Yeah, for sure. Well, the thing is, is I did bring a replacement game. If you're fine with that, I mean, we could skip this, skip my, uh, uh, we could skip my game completely today, or I can bring a replacement game just to make it, make it at least somewhat okay. 
I mean, as much as I'd love to punish you for your actions, I feel like I owe the people of the podcast a a game selection. So why don't you go ahead and tell me what it is you brought today? Okay, well, I was playing a game on PlayStation. I had heard about it. I think it just literally came across it on the PlayStation Store. It's a brand new PS4 game. It just came out this year, like probably about a month or two ago at this point, by the time this releases. Um, It's a game called Lost Words Beyond the Page. It's by Sketchbook Games. It's also on Switch and PC. I played it on the PlayStation. This game's pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed my time with it. It has two like story paths, pretty much. You kind of play the game. Like the narratives told to you through the perspective of this little girl named Izzy, and you kind of learn about her life, her family, and uh, you literally are platforming inside of her diary as text is coming up. So you'll see, "Dear Diary, today da 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 I did whatever," and the the text will come up, and you can like jump on the text to activate little like extra words on the text, little things like that, little just to build the story and stuff. And then after a while, she starts to write this fairy tale storyline in this place called Estoria or Estoria. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, but once that happens, you actually get to do the platforming inside of this new watercolor like fairy tale storyline. And you get to hear it all from her standpoint. It's all voice acted. And I think the voice acting is really good and it's really affecting. I think she does a great job, the main voice actress. And, uh, so you basically have two planes of action, basically. You have this whole real-life story going on, and then you have this fairy tale story in the background that's kind of like echoing what's happening in the real world. Hmm. Interesting. So are you playing in both of those worlds, like, mm-hmm. equivalently, or does one kind of take favor? I actually think the fairy tale stories would take up most of the playtime. i think this game is maybe like five hours long maybe six if you like explore and get there are little Mm. collectibles you can find in the fairy tale world like it's a very puzzle platformy thing where they're the the platforming super easy i think this game's the thing i can say is either a positive or a negative depending on your perspective it's easy game it's not hard it's very very simple and you get like this basically inside of the fairy tale you get a book and you get little words that activate little triggers in the environment. So you'll get like rise. So you take the word rise and you put it over a platform and the platform will rise up. Or you oh. get like, like, I think the other one is like stop or like, no, it's silent. So like, like there's these plants that will like have like these vines you can climb, but they like go inside of themselves. The vines do and like, you know, hide. But if you have the silent little bubble around you with the word, you can like climb these vines. So basically it's that with like seven or eight powers that you can get in the fairy tale story. So it's kind of like that story is pretty cool. I, I think that I'm trying to think of how to put it like the way the diary plays out. And you can there's like this there's a big turning point in the story. I'm trying not to spoil it. That's why I'm like thinking hard there's like a turning point in the story that affects the gameplay in the fairy tale Mm. land if that makes sense so like something happens in the real world and you're like oh my god this is this is pretty sad and 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 actually got a tear out of me like it's very emotional game and 
once that sad turn happens in the real world in the st- in the story of the fairy tale land it's sad and like hopeless and it's it kind of plays with the idea of her trying to write this story and getting writer's block too so like you go into fairy tale world and there's like nothing on the pages and there's like nothing to do you're like what the hell you know she's like walking in white hmm. so it's kind of like does that trick over and over and i i do think that the fairy tale world is probably 70% of the gameplay and then 30% would be in the diary itself. Interesting. And so you said it's not too difficult. So I'm guessing that it doesn't ever require like you to combine multiple words together to solve problems or anything. Then is it mostly just like apply one word slash power to one situation? There are a couple of situations where you'll see like, okay, I got to use this word on this and then this word on this. But it's just very basic. I don't I don't think that's the point of the game. I think the point of the game is the narrative. I think they mostly focus on that, and then you're kind of platforming through the narrative. But I'm not saying the platforming isn't fun. It is, it's a really fun game to play. Um, and there are moments where, you, where you're like, okay, what do I do next? And you actually have to do a little bit of problem solving. But usually it's nothing that you're going to sit there for 20, 30 minutes trying to knock your head against this puzzle. You're going to figure it out pretty quickly. Nothing you got too stumped on. Yeah. All right. Interesting. I mean, I do love a good puzzle platformer. And so uh, it sounds like it, you know, a straightforward experience is not always a bad thing, right? Like sometimes you want a relatively straightforward experience. Does mm-hmm. the, when you do have to do the platforming, does it control fairly well? Like, does it feel good in the hands to actually move around in that world? Or is it kind of like something that is just sort of in service of the story? I would say it's a little floaty and some people would would probably think that's a negative to me it doesn't bother me usually i can usually get used to the feel it like people will complain like little big planet like oh this game's too floaty to play but i i usually after a little while can get used to it so if you're not in a fan of like a floaty platformer then maybe steer clear but i think that honestly the the story like really drove me through this like i kind of like sat down and i was like yeah this the the emotional beats are affecting me enough to where I want to see what happens next in both the real world and in the fairy tale world. So I don't think that the platforming was that bad. It wasn't like the best. It's not, you know, it's not Mario. It's not super meat boy. It's not like the best platforming ever, but it's serviceable. I definitely don't envy any game designer that is making a platformer. I feel like especially 2d platforming, it's one of those things where it must it's really difficult to get right, but mm-hmm. you can tell very quickly when it doesn't feel right, and there's so many more ways that it can feel wrong than ways that it can feel right. So it must just always be such a difficult like specific set of physics and momentum to to nail down to actually get it. It ugh I hats yeah. off to all the developers out there. I agree, and I, I would say that that never got in my way in this game, which is probably like the thing that would make me like turn off from a platformer. Like, I guess I don't want to shit on a game, but like I just played that, uh, odd world, soul storm game. And it has like this, like grapple, like climb a ledge mechanic. And like, it's not clear when you can grab the ledge and stuff. And that thing was frustrating me because like, it's not a really like easy, you know, platforming moment. This game doesn't have any like obstacles like that where, Oh, I can't jump on this platform because the platforming's bad. You know, it like it it does a function. You get you can get 
where you need to go and it's just fun to play it's nothing like like that's just me loving platformers being a little picky that it's kind of floaty really <laughs> to be honest awesome okay well you know i always gotta ask because i love me my game music what's uh what's the soundtrack like in this one Uh, it's very, very good. I, I love the music in this. It kind of has that uh, Disney orchestration feel to it in the fairy tale parts. So imagine you're in a desert scene and you kind of get that uh, Agrabah feel to it, you know, from Aladdin. You know, you get that deserty vibe and you go to like an underwater area. Like each, you basically end up going to a bunch of like, intonation means for the last name. So I probably but- butchered it. But uh, yeah, she plays Izzy. And she does a really good job. And then when she goes into the fairy tale land, she does the same voice acting, but it's more epic sounding. You know, she kind of has more of like, I'm in an adventure, you know, that type of voice. And then when she's in real life, she's like, yeah, that's more down to earth. So I think that the way she does the voice acting just ties the game together like so well that I just thought this was overall a really great game and a nice package. A really good game, especially if you're into like, puzzle platformers or just want a really nice and humble and sweet story oh and you know i do absolutely i love me the good puzzle platformer i'm curious uh how'd you come across this one was this just like a scrolling through the store random pick or is this a dev you've been following or something like that not really no i didn't know anything about it i was on ps5 and i was like what new games are out and it was just there and then the artwork caught my eye you know it has that nice it's like a watercolory look to it yeah and I was like, you know what? This looks like something I'm going to be into. And it's like story, plot, act, uh, puzzle platformer. And I was like, yep, I'm going to download it. It was like 10. I think it's fairly cheap, like 10 bucks, maybe 15 or something like that. I was like, I'm just going to buy it. I'll download it, try it out tonight. And I played it. I got hooked and I loved the game. So, yeah. Really cool. Well, that brings us down to the part of the show. Uh, for anyone new here, any game that we talk about, we put onto the master list of indie games that we're building that we lovingly refer to as the quest log. You can get to it at, I think it's bit.ly slash quest log. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. And uh, on that quest log, we sort things into, is this a main quest or is this a side quest? Now tell us, uh, tell us how we can differentiate between those two. Cause I know no, no one <laughs> sells them like you do, buddy. I was going to say, Steve, you do it this time, but okay, fine. Um, <laughs> the main quest is that piece of candy that you just cannot stop eating. you got to buy it every time you go to the store, you know. For me, it's like a sour candy. Like, okay, i got to have that sour candy. It's a must-have. And, like, when you eat it, it's sour, then it's sweet, and then it's gone, you know. The old, the old Sour Patch Kids <laughs> saying. <laughs> so, and for... The side quest, it's kind of like one of those candies that's an afterthought. Like, oh, maybe I should get some Twizzlers. Twizzlers are really good. Like, I enjoy some, I enjoy a Twizzler from time to time, but it's not going to be top of mind. And it has some caveat. It's a little bit, uh, you know, it's not the best candy ever made, but it's still a really good candy. So that's my metaphor for the main quest and the side <laughs> quest. Main quest is a sour candy that you, it's a staple. You must play. You must get it. You must eat it right away. And the side quest is a candy slash game that, has a couple caveats, but it's still a damn good time. 
Yeah, if you're into that particular type of candy, definitely could be a main quest for you, even if it was a side quest for us. Or you know what? Sometimes, even though you're not thinking, oh, I need a Twizzlers right now, as soon as you get that Twizzlers in hand, you're so happy that you picked it up. So this, no matter where they fall, it's good games all around here on IndieQuest. I'll spoil, you know, I'll let you behind the curtain a little bit. I'll let you into the, uh, into the virtual green room here. We, uh, we don't bring games that we don't like. We don't, yeah, we're not, we don't be we're spreading not here to... negativity. Yeah, we're not here to the shit on a developer or say, you know, why why talk about a game if we don't like it? I'm there are indie games out there that I have played that I don't enjoy, but you're not going to hear about that here. So, it's, it's yeah. not worth our time to expend that energy to put it out here for you guys. This is all good stuff. Yeah, we don't want to make an indie hit list. We just want to make the <laughs> hits list. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, age old question, 20 episodes strong, I got to ask, buddy. Main quest or side quest? So this one's a little weird. Like I did tell you, I had some caveats. Like the the gameplay is very basic, very easy. It's a simple game. There are some cliches in the storyline. But as you can tell, I really enjoyed the package on the whole. Like the story and the gameplay and everything kind of made up the sum of its flaws. So this one was kind of leaning. Like in the middle of the game especially, I was like, this is a good solid side quest game, right? But as I finished up the last half of the game and everything kind of had a nice resolution and everything kind of came to a close, I was like, yep, that's a main quest game. So for me, this is a main quest game because it st- sticks to landing. And as a package, even with some of the faults in the game, I think it's a great time. And I think you guys, if you en- enjoy a really good narrative, um, I think you'll have a good time. Awesome. You heard it here first, people. Lost Words Beyond the Page, a main quest game. I'm definitely interested if anybody out here has played this one light and this is true for any indie game we talk about you know if we talk about a game and you really into it right into the show you can do so at indiequestpod at gmail.com and let us know what you thought of it too i'd i'd love to hear more either more recommendations on some of these games we talk about or you know just differing perspectives it's we we get richer in our understanding of these games by hearing more voices talk about them exactly so we're still in the segment, or we're going to zoom back to the beginning of the show here and talk about the POS, the pile of shame. And uh, I, I, the other day, I don't, I don't know when this was. It must have been a couple of weeks ago. I was like, you realize pile of shame is POS. Like, we haven't <laughs> like joked about that even one time, so I had to, to ha- hammer it home here. Anyway, we're back to the pile of shit uh, segment of the show, and uh, Steve has his game, which I assigned him Freedom Planet. So, dude, I, I assumed you're going to love this game, but uh, why, don't you, why don't we uh, go over it for the good folks out there and uh, talk about what this game's all about and uh, how you feel about it. Yeah, I feel like I'm the last person in the world to play this game, but <laughs> m- maybe not. If you're out there like me, can learn a little something uh and so this game first off freedom planet was developed by galaxy trail which is a studio that to my understanding is largely led by the primary developer sabrina de duro uh, who was sort of the main creative force behind this game and this one uh, to the pile of shame this is one that when it came out i saw it i instantly knew that i would be interested in it because I mean, there's really no beating around the bush in that it really looks and feels like a Sonic game, a 2D 
classic Sonic the Hedgehog game. Look at that. Two Sonic the Hedgehog mentions in one podcast. <laughs> How do they do it? Uh, and that and that's not by accident, right? This game actually started development as a Sonic fan game. It actually used Sonic sprites and stuff in its early development. Uh, but so I saw that initially, and I knew this would be something that I would like, because I'm a huge fan. I, I grew up, I was a Sega Genesis kid. I was kind of born and bred on that stuff. And, and so I wanted to play it. But as I often do, the in addition to being a fan of indie games, sadly, I'm also a bit of a physical game aficionado, a nut, a screwball. And so I thought to myself... <laughs> Ah, uh, this is going to get a physical version. I'll wait for the physical version. And I waited, and I waited. It never and came out, did it? Not for a long time, but then eventually it did. Oh, okay. <laughs> eventually Limited Run dropped a physical version. I was able to pick that up. I mean, we're we're talking years later at this point. And then I committed the ultimate sin of always saving it for a rainy day. You ever have one of those games that... It's up there, and like you, you, you think you're gonna like it, so you're like, ah, I gotta wait till I'm in the exact right mood to play that thing. I don't want, I don't want to mm-hmm. waste it. You know, if I'm feeling kind of grouchy, kind of hangry, haven't had a Snickers in a while, I want that puppy to be smack dab in the middle of a great mood. So I just, I just let it uh, fester and collect dust on the shelf for a while, and I think that basically brings us up to here, here talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, I I have a game like that. We just talked about it, I don't know, 10 episodes. I don't know how many episodes ago now, but Outer Wilds was that game for me. I'm like, I know I have to be in that specific headspace for that game. And I put it on, you know, on my digital shelf because I'm not too crazy. It was on Game Pass. So I'm like, I know it's on Game Pass and I can go to it at any time. So eventually when I got to it, I loved it. So I'm with you there. I definitely have those type of games. Yeah, and it's... I think it's appropriate to, like in the case of West of Loathing, to not play something that you're not necessarily in the mood for. But there's a flip side to that coin, too. Sometimes you have to make space for something you think you'll like it, because that mood may never come. But anyways, let's get on to the actual game itself, Freedom Planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I mentioned, one look at this game, and you'll kind of understand what it's going for. It's a 2D side-scrolling platformer. Uh, it started as a Sonic fan game, like I mentioned, but it actually, the final product borrows, I feel like is borrowing from a lot of Sega Genesis platformers of the era. So the, the Sonic influence is, is clear, but then there's also some Rocket Knight Adventures in there, some Gunstar Heroes. I would even, if I was blurring my eyes, I would even say that there's maybe some Star influence in there, which is one that I loved on the Genesis. So if you are like a mid nineties Sega fan, or you liked that era of strong 2D platformers and mascot platformers, this is basically someone with relatively modern design sensibilities making one of those. Very similar to like a Sonic Mania or something like that. Mm. And to that point, it has a real... I mean, it's all in the controls, right? It's all... It all comes down to how well it plays. And it feels so good to move around. It has a really excellent sense of speed... A really great sense of momentum. They seem to have mostly solved the Sonic problem of sometimes, you know, in a Sonic game, until you've memorized the levels, you can get going too fast and like run into stuff before you realize it's there. Usually in Freedom Planet, they they have just the right sense of speed where you do have enough time to predict stuff coming and things like that. And so 
yeah, it's just a real joy to to actually play. So you do a lot of 2D platforming. You know, it has the same sort of momentum building into speed and doing loop-the-loops and stuff that you'd recognize from those old games. But then it has a huge variety of, I don't even know the word for it, platforming mechanics or like level gimmicks, things like that. You know, you'll come into levels that have uh, like teleporters that warp you around, magnets that have positive and negative charges, like weird elevators and stuff. It's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of variety to what you encounter in the individual levels. Uh, it feels like a real greatest hits of like all the best ideas that those old games had with some good new ideas at the same time. And then when you're not moving around, when you're not just running, uh, there is a little more combat than you might expect. So it has, you know, it's jumping on enemies and stuff like that. But then your character also has uh, a basic kind of like punch combo. And you can do a couple of special moves. Like you can do like a charge attack and you can do this sort of spin kick move to deal damage to enemies. And all that is coupled with this like energy charge meter that uh, powers some of those attacks or lets you get an instant burst of speed if you need it. So if you need to like really quickly get uh, get moving or if you need to like get up to an area that you might not be able to jump up to, you can use this charge meter to to build up speed and get up there, which I think is, again, going back to the Rocket Knight Adventures influence that I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So obviously it sounds like you're having fun with the game. Um, I like the the idea that fans kind of like played these old games enough to analyze what is good and bad about them. Like you mentioned the sense of speed and momentum, not feeling like a burden Sonic mania, like you mentioned earlier is a similar idea where like, okay, you can kind of see what's coming up next and you don't like just go super fast and then crash into some spikes because you can't do <laughs> anything else. Cause you haven't memorized the level. That's always really cool. I love how this game, I did play this game on Wii U back, back when it first came out. Um, I like how this game kind of builds the mechanics upon itself and uh, kind of introduces something. It does the Mario thing. Like, here's a new thing. Try it out for a bit. (laughs) And then when you kind of get bored with it, it's like, here's another new thing. Try that out for a bit. So I do think that's pretty special. And I love when a game does that. And um, I think the soundtrack's pretty awesome. So why don't we uh, talk about that? What do you think about the music in this game? Oh, excellent soundtrack. So again, uh, Sabrina Diduro, the main developer, I think also worked on a lot of the soundtrack, but also was worked on by Layla Wilson and Shane Ellis. Um, I don't know exactly who contributed to what tracks if you're listening to the soundtrack, but I know that those three collectively produced it. And, oh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's very high energy. Um, it, most of the songs, like as soon as you land in the level, they're already like upbeat, they're positive, they're getting the blood pumping, and they either maintain that pace or they even build up from there as you go on. It's like a super toe tappy type of soundtrack. It'd, be, it'd probably make really good like workout music because you'd get so juiced. You'd be like, yeah, mm, this is so good. <laughs> I could lift twice my normal amount. Um, I, uh, I will almost certainly say that some songs on this will show up on Indie Quest OST episodes down the line because it's just it's just too good um and a lot of that i think again i i hate to keep calling back to it but it's so apparent in the design that you kind of can't avoid it uh is that they took a lot of the 
soundtrack and sound design philosophies from those older games, you know, when they had smaller memory to work with and they wanted them to be really catchy songs and, and brought that forward into this game too. So if you were to put like, you know, what's one of the classics, like a Gunstar Heroes soundtrack or a Sonic the Hedgehog 3 soundtrack and compare it to this, you would comfortably classify all those together sort of into the same genre. Very chiptune-y, but also kind of like electronic-y, very good. Yeah, I guess that that, uh, Genesis uh, crunch to it, I would say, in a lot of the songs for sure, which has its own charm. I think it it gives you that, uh, that, uh, I guess, 90s toot a little bit too when you listen to it, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) Any other like small tidbits you want to talk about with this game uh, before we put it on the big old log? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've a lot of positives to say about it. Obviously it's a lot of fun to play. Uh, it's very cool throwback and it, it, it stands on its own, but there are a couple of pieces that were kind of a bummer for me. Um, one, which is going to, I guess all this will be to someone's taste, but, uh, to my preferences, some of the levels were a little bit long. Like sometimes I was sort of ready for it to end before it did and it's so much that you'll like you'll go through an entire level that is already pretty long by 2d platformer standards and you'll reach the end and you'll transition to the next like i guess map and -hmm. you'll still be in the same level and it'll just keep going from there like it it's they're big they remind me of old european like uh like amiga style platformer games like that that old style of like maze like design sometimes where it's just huge levels and it's kind of hard to figure out where to go. Yeah. It's like they had a lot, they had a a certain amount of pixels or like a map and they're just like, you know what? We can fill this thing and we can just give you a lot of challenges and we can keep filling this thing and we can put two next to each other. Why not? We can, we got the power. We can do this. Yeah. I uh, definitely echo your sentiment, sentiment, sediment. I'm saying the wrong, am I saying the right word. <laughs> <laughs> You're a rock that settles at the bottom. <laughs> I echo your sentiment that the levels are probably a little overlong in this game for sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to their credit, they all end with what I thought was a lot of really fun boss fights. I think the bosses are really well designed and uh, pretty varied and they're always like a really good challenge without being overly difficult. So that's cool. But if I'm going to have one gripe with this game, it's the story sequences. They are so long. And if you're invested in the story, maybe that's not that big of a deal, but it really breaks up the pacing. Like even with the levels being longer than your typical platforming level, sometimes you'll spend more in the cutscenes in between levels than actually playing levels. Like these are like five minute plus cutscenes in some cases. And it's just, I, personally the story didn't grab me and i wasn't that invested and so um maybe i should have just been skipping all the cutscenes, and it would have made my experience a little bit better but um you gotta be aware that there is lots of story (laughs) they were probably like um just ambitious right like that's what it seems like with this whole thing like we can just we can do a whole story to to fill in the gaps here and all this but uh, i guess if it didn't vibe with you it didn't vibe with you yeah, what wasn't for me. Um but I do I do like the characters and the voice acting. Oh, the voice acting has a real charm to it. It's like on one hand it sounds like very quaint, but then on the other hand the the characters are all very 
endearing. It really grew on me as as it went on. Uh, but something that I thought was interesting about the character designs that I just learned doing a little uh, research before the show is that the characters were actually pulled from someone's deviant art. So when Sabrina was developing the game, she came across someone's Neopets page that had already designed these sort of like Sonic the Hedgehog fan characters, essentially. And she reached out and was like, hey, I want to use these characters in my game. And so the the characters that are in the game are actually just like pulled straight from someone's work that they had done previously. So maybe that's just your your sign to all the artists out there to have your freaking portfolio online because you never know who's going to come across it and yeah. want to use stuff. That's uh, pretty awesome. And then I, I'd be remiss not to mention that uh, apparently the villain was based on the design of Neopets, which I thought was very cool because... I know a lot of people are very nostalgic about Neopets. That just that's one of those boats that just missed me. I was going over <laughs> towards like uh I don't know, Pokemon or something else. It just like passed me up. Or Yu-Gi-Oh or something. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Where would you place this on the quest log? I it sounds like you enjoyed your time. So is this a main quest or a side quest for you? I wanna ta- I wanna talk with you on this one, because this is one of those instances where we've both played it. Mm-hmm. Uh I think most of the game is a main quest game for me, but I I do think that the those story sequences and those levels can hold it back a little bit. So I'm I'm sort of teetering back and forth on the edge. If you were to put it on the quest log, where would you put it? I haven't played this since it came out, so it's kind of like I I saw some of your stream because I did say I would come by, but um, the story didn't bother me. But I'm usually pretty okay with a story, even if I'm not interested. I'm like, okay, I'm just watching this. It doesn't bother me as much. But I do agree with the long story, like the long levels. But I do think it's really well designed with the different powers and the different like things that introduce as you go through. The art's good. The music's good. It's hard for me to like find too many negatives. Like I could see those two being a negative. So for me, I'm I'm on the edge too. But I think it might be main quest, but just barely for me. I think so too. And I would say it's main quest and my recommendation to everyone out there would be, uh, if for, give the story a shot, I don't want to tell you that it's a bad story. It just didn't jam with me, but if the story isn't gripping you in the first couple of levels, just, just skip through it and you'll have a, a much more smooth experience, I think. And I want to say that there's actually a mode in the switch version and maybe in the other versions too that is just the levels strung back to back to back, uh, which hmm. which would be perfect. Because the level designs are all, you know, widely varied, very colorful, very different environments and biomes and stuff. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you. And I think that this one teeters and falls into the main quest. Awesome. So we've got two main quests today. Actually, two main quests that had some caveats that almost put them into side quests. And... I think that it's just more of a gut feeling when it comes to to that to the quest log really for us because like when we take these games we're probably going to say their main quest like go play them as soon as you can still even with these small like just little things that bugged us but they're still fantastic so yeah that's awesome yeah little little hiccups don't don't stop an incredible game from being incredible so yeah definitely a lot of great games out there I tell you yeah. Speaking of great games, we got another trivia segment. I know you enjoyed the first one, so we're oh, going to yeah. do Itchy Trivia again, which if you guys don't know... Okay, wait, hold on. <clears throat> I want to do this. 
Welcome to Itchy Trivia, the trivia game show where Josh goes through the itch.io website and searches for some hidden gen games that you've never heard of with weird titles, and then Steve has to guess the titles. It's a fun game. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That worked, I guess. Anyway, (laughs) so pretty much what I do is I went through and I grabbed a bunch. I grabbed five games from Itch. Really obscure, really small games. Most of them either are play in the browser or pay pay what you want or free or very cheap games that um looked really cool i tried out a couple of these and they're pretty fun and uh the the general tone and pace i was going for the genre i was going for was platformer and if it had puzzles in it it was a puzzle platformer that's an even bigger positive so what is what it is is i'm going to tell you the description for the game give you a multiple choice and you gotta guess what the game's title is but this time you get two modifiers. So, oh. Yeah, trying try to, try to spice it up a little bit. So one of the modifier is I will give you a one-word hint. So you can choose these modifiers anytime. You only get one time to choose them. So you get the one-word hint or you get one sound effect to help you guess the answer. Oh, my. So you ready for some itchy trivia? Let's play. Okay. First game we got here, number one, is it's a game about bubbles and stopping time with a simple black and white art style. Is it A, Loba, B, Croba 2, C, Boba, D, Bubble Bob? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Mm. Loba or Boba? Ah, I'm tempted to say boba because that's kind of a cute name that someone would come up with for a bubble themed game you know it's it's a real word it conjures an image gives you a sort of picture in your mind uh let's go with boba final answer and you are sadly correct it's boba (laughs) uh yeah it's boba it's a very simple art style it's a pixelated 8-bit looking game um you don't have the links to any of these games, so I have to describe them. Um, pretty much, it kind of kind of reminds me of like, what game am I thinking of? Oh shit! I just played the trailer and it was loud music. Um, it sort of reminds me of Zeo Drifter, oh, that okay. style of, of art style, even more simple. The the backgrounds are all black, and then you have like a white character, and it has like this like colorful like wave of color that goes over the the textures and stuff as you play. And it's just a very simple puzzle platformer. There's some levels where you can uh, build your own stage and stuff. It looks really fun. It's free, and you can play it in your browser, make it full screen, and uh, free to play. Literally, you just go onto the web- this page. It's a uh, nasty old wizard, all one word. Dot itch. Dot io slash boba. You go there, you can click in and just start playing. And it's a pretty fun game. That's the one I did ch- check out and try out, and it's pretty cool. Awesome. Alright, next up we got number two. Explore a mysterious, ever-shifting labyrinth on the edge of nowhere and find out if you're really as alone in it as you appear to be. An early pre-alpha demo for Blank, a story-driven adventure game currently in solo development as a pet project. And just so you know, this is basically a full-blown game. I was reading the comments. It is a full-blown game. There's just some... uh, tweaking they're doing to do a full release which should be this year 
What is the name of this game? It's either A, Mallory and the Marble Sanctum, B, Hillary and the Foundation of Fortitude, C, Wilfred and the Curious Catapult, or D, <laughs> Mike and the Mallard of Courage. <laughs> what do you think makes a catapult curious? I mean, <laughs> what, I what, don't know. <laughs> when you look at two catapults next to each other, and one of them's the curious catapult. Do you think it's like its ropes are a little more, a little frayed, a little more loose, and it's just kind of chilling? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, like hey, maybe, maybe, maybe use me. Maybe uh, throw something off of me. Yeah. You can put whatever you want into my, uh, whatever you call the, the bowl that you load stuff into on a catapult. I don't know what that piece is called. Oh, gosh. Okay. Curious catapult sounds like something you would make up, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not buying that. It's good though. I like it. Uh I also the the like whatever with a mallard, that one also feels like one that you would make up. But at the same time, it also kind of sounds like an indie game that would be on itch, so I'm not hundred percent sure. But I think that the Marble Sanctum is the most believable one of them. So I'm going to go with Marble Sanctum. Final answer. And you are correct. Yes. Two for two so far. I think that you just realized how my my uh, my level of joke. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. So this game has a pretty cool art style. I was looking at it today. Obviously, it's a it's not a 2D side scroller. The other one was. This one is a a 3D platformer adventure game which has a lot of marbles obviously from the title and it's kind of like one of those where you have to uh figure out these little puzzles in this like i guess almost black and white kind of uh old-timey looking environments with like almost an empty escher like almost uh what monument monument valley style puzzles a little bit where you play with perspective and stuff so it looks pretty cool and uh, yeah. i didn't try this one but the trailer stands out for sure yeah, just looking at some screenshots of it, it, it does look like a, a 3D um, Monument Valley. Very cool looking. Yeah, and it has like an Illuminati logo in in the actual thing, and um, looks like it has some kind of like dark tone to it too at the same time. So if you want to check out this game, it's khorrorshow.itch.io slash mallory-marble-sanctum. You can play it for free. Just a free download for your PC. And um, I will say these on the show, but they're all in de- the description, too. So if you don't want to, like, listen to me and try to type, uh, just go to the description and click on the link. So, hmm. two for two so far. You're doing good. Feeling it. Next I- up. I'm going for the full five. Okay, last time you got two out of five. So let's see if you can get the full s- the, the, the clean sweep here. <laughs> Number three, we got... It's a student game. So made by a couple of students. And it's like their uh, thesis project, and it's on itch. The description for the game is: embody a violinist and awaken a gigantic, forsaken world in this highly poetic platformer. Using your violin and bow, move towards the core of the realm to understand your role in this universe and play the best concerto. Mm. Is it A, mel- mel- melodicum, B, symphonia, C, rhythm of the sailors, or D? Beat Trastophy. 
Okay, beatastrophe <laughs> is definitely something that you would make up. Damn it, I need to get better at this. <laughs> uh, I mean, gr- no, that could totally name. be it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm tempted to say melodicum because you've stumbled through saying it, which I feel like you wouldn't have done for one that you didn't make up. <laughs> so I'm going to ring in melodicum. Don't forget. Answer. Oh, that's your final answer? Okay. I was going to say, don't forget you got the... Um, the what are the what, what, modifiers? But you got it wrong. It's B, Symphonia. Oh, dang. Yeah, you do got the modifiers. Remember, you got the one word hint or the sound effect. So. I was trying to play it strategic. I was pretty confident on this one. So I was like, you know what? I don't need it for this one. I can save those two modifiers for my last two guesses, but uh, I probably should have. It's okay. This Symphonia game has a pretty cool art style to it pretty solid yeah. for a student project it reminds me of um a little bit of the art style of like beat buddy i've never played that yeah it's almost like a mm, not quite like a rayman legends but sort of in that general ballpark pa- i would say painterly yeah that's yeah. that's probably a good way to put it um plays with music um like every jump you make makes a sound effect you jump on a platform makes a sound effect type of thing and it looks really fun, really interesting, and oh, I must close my trivia tab. Um, but it's also on Switch, so it's not just an itch game. It's on Switch and Steam and itch. So if you want to huh. check it out? There. I think this is one where it's like very cheap. It's like ten bucks. So if you if it sounds interesting to to you, check it out. So this because this game's kind of about like showing people some really uh, obscure games as well. Number four. You ready for number four? No. What if I said no? What would you do? I just I just close this Discord window and just go do my other stuff and <laughs> live my life, I guess. Podcast <laughs> ends with a single... <laughs> no, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, cool. An ancient entity seeking help. A witch. An unnamed soul in a twisted temple. A dark tale about inner discovery set in a distorted and perverted world. You have been summoned by an ancient entity seeking help. He needs you to discover the evil sources that hides inside his twisted temple and ensure his legacy. Is this game A. Distortion Contortion B. Monolip Monolipstic What? what monopolistic God damn it, I can't talk today. <laughs> Mono, monopolistic Intentions C. Witchy Twisters or D. <laughs> Temashi Oh my gosh. I, I like the name Witchy Twisters, but I'm not sure I'm locking in a final answer. I think for this one, I'm going to need my one word hint. One word hint. Let me think for a second. Uh, see, I, I did these modifiers thinking it'd be easy. This is not as easy as I thought it would be. No take backsies. Just looking at something up. Mm. This would probably get away, but my um, hint for you is a hyphenated word, virtual pet. 
Uh, virtual pet is my hint word. Yes. Oh my gosh, virtual pet. Um, Alright, and can I get those four answers again? Yeah, sure. If I can say mon monopolistic this time. A, distortion contortion. B, monopolistic intentions. C, witchy twister. Or D, tamashi. I'm gonna go D, tamashi, because it sounds like tamagotchi. Which was my my one word hint, I believe. So D, Tomashi, final answer. You are sadly correct. Oh, <laughs> I can only do that so many every times. Time. <laughs> no, <laughs> my, my knees going red from slapping. <laughs> yeah, so it's Tomashi. I just made up a bunch of words for the other ones, but I do think Witchy Twister is probably my best work so far. So now, so far, you are three for four. I would not say too bad since these are just kind of a, like blind guesses or like context clue guesses. So I guess this one I have to give you uh, to use your vi your last one unless you want to bank it for next time and I can make a, no a note for your noise modifier. Just so you know, you can bank these for n the next itchy trivia if you want to. So you don't have to use it if you have a good guess this time. So let me read this description for you for number five. Five is... Play as a treasure-seeking canary and drill through four unique worlds of action-packed platforming. Can you survive the infested depths below and attain everlasting glory? Is it A. Canary Carnage B. Tailspin C. Bird Dungeon or D. Wings of Terror Ooh. I'm tempted to ask for a sound hint here, but I feel like you'd have to just play a bird sound. Hmm. It's up to you. I have a sound hint. It would give it away, but I can still give it to you. <laughs> give me, get, then give me that sound hint, baby. <laughs> Alright, hold on. <laughs> Gotta pull it. I'm not sure how I can share this too easily. Yeah, here we go. Let's see if, see if they can hear this one. Can you hear this? Wanna play that? No. That's it. <laughs> what was it? Did it say? Spin oh, it. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Um, I'm gonna have to say tailspin. Final answer. My man is oh, not subtle. I know. Uh, yeah, you got it right. Heck yeah. <laughs> I, I was I, I was like, yeah, I can play the tailspin thing for a second. That's what I was doing. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh yeah, I forgot to say where Tamashi is located. Uh, the one before, so might as well do that. It's a Vikintor, Vikintor, V-I-K-I-N-T-O-R dot itch dot io. You go there, you can find Tamashi, which is number four, number four. And for this one, it is called Tailspin. This game looks really nice. I think I like the art style quite a bit. It. Kind of reminds me of. I'm trying to think of specifically what it reminds me of, but you have like a beak where you can like drill things through, and it looks kind of fun and really uh, fast paced and just like a really, you know, one of those platformers that's just really fun to play. Just from the like looking at the trailer here, um, lots of cool traversal and stuff. So if you want to check it out, you go over to 
team-bugulon, which is B-U-G-U-L-O-N dot I-O. And they have the game there. It's uh, 20 plus levels long. And it's absolutely free. All you gotta do is click download. And this game was made in 72 hours. Wow. Apparently during a, during a Ludum Dare, like one of those uh, game jams. Very cool. So it looks really fun. Uh, I'm probably going to play this today or pretty soon. I downloaded it to try it out. But yeah, definitely check it out. It looks really fun. Awesome. And in the end, I, did I get four out of the five? Yeah, four out of five. New PB for Itchy Trivia. Feels good, man. I'm I'm going for that five out of five next time. If I had not just gotten a little overconfident <laughs> on Symphonia, but uh, I don't know the you, you the modifier thing. Do you think that worked out? And I helped you out, so I guess I helped out you, to uh, you. It worked yeah, out. Yeah, it worked out great for me. It's <laughs> up to you to decide if it was successful or not. Oh, uh, we can. I can play with that format quite a bit, but I enjoy doing those, um, making the the trivia and making stupid words. Even though you can tell when it's me doing my weird uh, something that comes from my brain, you can kind of tell, like curious <laughs> catapult or mallard of courage or what was the other one? Uh, whatever, witchy twisters. <laughs> you can kind of tell it comes from <laughs> Josh's brain, I guess. <laughs> so uh, those are the best ones, though. All right, man. I think that's going to wrap up the episode for today, unless you have anything else to, to to bring to the show. No, I think it's a solid episode. Some great games. Always fun to play Itchy Trivia. And uh, yeah, just, just always a good time. Always wonderful. It's like a warm hug hanging out with you, buddy. Oh, same here, man. So, Why don't you tell us where they can find you? Let's do some plugs. Where can they find you on the internet? Yeah, if you want to chat with me about indie games or... I do play non-indie games sometimes. You can find me on either Twitter or Twitch at Blinkoom. That's Blink O-O-M, like out of mana. And if you want to talk to the collective we about all things indie, you can follow the IndieQuest Twitter account at IndieQuestPod. How about awesome. uh, How about you? Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Frantic Society, and you can check out my other podcasts, Frantic Thoughts and Box Office Bliss. We are part of the Poly... Actually, before I plug the Polymedia Network, which we'll do, I do want to mention our email address, which you mentioned earlier, which is IndieQuestPod at gmail.com. I want segment ideas. You know how we do the Itchy Trivia, we do indies to follow anything like that if you have an idea just like a weird idea like this would be a fun game to play this etc etc send it to us because we had a, sug- a suggestion from caleb j ross in the polykill discord i'm sure you do you remember that yeah like, or for iqost which we're probably going to do on the next iqost so if you have like a little idea or like oh do this segment but maybe try this spin on it let us know and we might try it out on the show so if you have any suggestions like that for sure, send it to us at IndieQuestPod at gmail.com, and we'll take it uh, to heart and see if uh, it kind of fits the format of the show. But uh, besides that, and uh, to rewind a little bit, we are part of the Polymedia Network. What's the Polymedia Network all about, Steve? All about good shows at a great price, which is free. Can't beat that, buddy. No, it's a, it's a whole media... Blah. It's a whole network of amazing podcasts, uh, only two of which I'm actually on. 
Uh, but you can head over to polymedianetwork.com and check out any of the incredible shows. There's this one. There's the Polykill podcast, which is where my co-host Trav and I talk about the games that we are beating, talk about the games that we're playing, and talking about the games that our larger community beats, which is a, a fun way to get a little extra credit for beating your games. Uh, so come check us out over there. And then, of course, there's a whole slew of other shows that I'm not personally on, but are mm-hmm. also quite excellent. For example, the ever-wonderful PD's Power Hour, which is going to be your source for all things alcohol and all other forms of trivia that you can possibly imagine. You will quite literally never learn more than when you listen to an episode of that show, and you will never know what it is you're going to learn about. Yeah, I love that show. It's very informative. It might be the the, the least uh, silly of the network, maybe. I don't know. There's some silliness to it. There's some fun episodes, too. But it's, it has the most, maybe the most knowledge in it. So if you want to learn some stuff. Certainly the time. smartest of them, yeah. that That's the only <laughs> show on the network that has a master's degree, I think. Yeah, it's the only show that doesn't make butthole jokes or... They probably do. I don't know. I think so. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I think that's a trend. <laughs> but we also have um, Tales of Lesser Medium. Where Travis and the person I mentioned a minute ago, Caleb J. Ross, they sit down, they break down uh, video game like stories and make them fun and silly and just turn it into a nice comedy hour for you to listen to. It makes those stories that are a little cheesy that maybe you don't really care too much about and makes it more digestible and a lot more fun to listen to. So it's a good show. And then we also have Drunk Friend, which is SNES Drunk and Nest Friend together interviewing cool people about cool things so check out any of those shows and then we also have off kilter which i miss off kilter man i miss it yeah off kilter is that bonus that shows up in your feed once every three months and you don't know what's going on it is ostensibly (laughs) a community driven just sort of informal hangout show so of any show on the network it's probably the most like just sitting around in the basement uh, you know, having a couple drinks and talking to your friends, but uh, mm-hmm. it's always a good time when it does show up. So, you know, go subscribe to that. And if we see that feed blow up, then maybe that'll peer pressure some people to start producing some episodes. Just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, if you haven't checked out the Patreon, there's a lot of bonus stuff going on there all the time. The Discord, they play D and D, which was really cool to listen to and really funny. And they have like a. Poly- uh, discord chats a bunch of stuff over there on the on the patreon one dollar tier you gets you all that awesome stuff so if you want to check that out go ahead and uh i did want to mention which i don't think we plug too often is leave us a review man on apple Podcasts is the best place to do it but whatever podcast service you listen to the show on and if we scrounge that up actually speaking of i will bring one up right now hold on i gotta find it real quick but nice uh, I should have prepared for this. I don't think I reread uh, Hans Gruber's review yet, have we? Hmm, not yet, as far as I know. I got a German German site. I have to go to the I have to go to the German site for this one, for this review. But it is in English, so I can read it. So by our good buddy Vier45, he sent us a review over on iTunes. He lives in Germany, so you have to like switch your region just to read it, which is kind of fun. <laughs> but anyway, he says, 
Treasure Trove of Indie Games. I listened to all episodes that are out at this point and found numerous games and soundtracks that I surely will enjoy. The hosts are easy to listen to and ooze passion for everything surrounding indie games. If you have a thing for smaller, more obscure titles, give this podcast a shot. And then he goes on about Apple ID for a minute here. So says, P.S. The fact I tried to revive my old Apple ID but couldn't reset my security <laughs> question because I needed to answer one of all my security questions for that what? And then went on to create a new Apple ID and sat through the fantastic quote-unquote awesome easy user experience with 20 codes, 10 errors, and way too many personal information to be given <laughs> just to write this review should show you how great this podcast is. And then he goes on. <laughs> P.P.S. My cat just jumped on the escape button and my nearly finished review was gone. Not to be salvaged. Great programming, Apple. Top notch. Thank you, Viar. I love you. You're great. I, lo- <laughs> I love hearing stuff from you. So keep on sending stuff. No so yeah, kidding. if you guys, if you guys have any reviews, uh, we'll try to read all of them. Uh, just make make. If you tag us, I'll definitely remember to to read you on the show. So yeah, if you have a review for the show. It helps us out immensely, and you get to be silly, and you get to hear your name on the show, which is always fun. Yeah, always a good time. Your uh, number one source for indie games and Apple tech support, IndieQuest. <laughs> so I think that's it for the show today. Steve, why don't you sign us out with some good feels and a message for the folks out there? Yeah, so uh, this is my kind of first week back after a week off of work and uh, just kind of resettling into things. So. I'm going to impart a little bit of what I've been sort of thinking about this week to everybody. First off, thank you for listening to our show. We are nothing without you, and it is always a pleasure to talk indie games with some wonderful people. So we appreciate your time. Be good. Take care. And remember to keep your priorities in order, because no matter how much other people might demand of you, no matter how much they might try to want your time and your attention, nothing's more important than the time that you take for yourself. So be good to yourself. Thanks, y'all. Bye.